Hello, Freedom Center Church. <laughs> Aren't the kids awesome? Um, it's funny when I ask a child and I say, what do you want for Christmas? It's not a secret. They're bold about it. They're loud about it. Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? They want to be police officers, mechanical engineers. One of the things that I think makes children so special for the next 15 minutes while Sister Dina just spoils them rotten is if you ask a child, what is it that you're dreaming of? What is it that you'd like? What is it you want to be? Without exception, it might take them like 10 seconds to go, uh, but in the end, they say stuff that's amazing. And I'm going to put this microphone down and go to this one. I sound so much smarter with this one, Brett. Thank you. I sound so much nasalier. So this, uh, this understanding of, of just what makes children special, I think, is one of the reasons that Jesus always had this really special relationship with kids. If you look back over world history, and this is not just uh, religious history, but just conquerors, kings, emperors, one of the things they had in common was they had no time for children. Children didn't win wars. Children didn't pay taxes. Children couldn't vote. Children couldn't fight in their crusades. And they just didn't have time for them. But Jesus did just the opposite. If you ask a child, what do you want? Who do you want to be? Kids have a way of knowing what that is. And one of the things I love most about children is they just, they have this innate ability to envision a tomorrow that's different from today. How many guys appreciate that about your kids? Sometimes. Sometimes it's like, you want a what? You want a husky? Like, that, that must have been a shock. Is Liz, are you still in here? Or did you go back with the kids? That, that thought that, you know, what do you want for Christmas? And her child says, I want a husky. That's a real demand. You know what I mean? That's a real dream. I remember when I was a child, I went next door to the Irvine's house. And I, I was probably four. It was preschool. And I remember uh, I was over there, and I'd just seen a TV show called Flipper. Anybody old enough to remember Flipper? Who is the key? Who is the star-rolling person in Flipper? Who is it? It's Flipper. And Flipper's a what? He's a dolphin. I love old people. And, and he's a dolphin. And for some reason, in my mind, I, I got into it. Somebody said something about when you come back, I'm going to have a surprise for you. My mom was baking cookies. But when you come back from the Irvine's house, I'm going to have a surprise for you. I was absolutely sure in my mind that when I came back, there was going to be a giant SeaWorld-sized glass tank and that I was going to have my very own dolphin. Because I just, I could dream it. How many of you guys know that if you're a little kid, you can dream some pretty ridiculous stuff? So Jesus has this great relationship with children. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why. He, he believes in them and they believe in him without any real sense of hindrance. Um, he, in in the, the book of Mark, before you get to like very far into it, like 11 chapters, he's healed children. He's listened to children. He's, he's been a child who's spoken and confounded the wise older people. Um, he's cast demons out of kids. I mean, you guys wish you could do that today, right? In Walmart during Christmas season, Black Friday shopping. Come out, you know. Um, he, he's, he's taught children. He's valued children. And they come to this, this part here in uh, Mark chapter 10 where he's going to rebuke adults, his disciples, publicly because they're demeaning the value and the attention of children. This is what he says. He says, Mark chapter 10, verse 13, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. And when Jesus saw this, I'm sorry, we're missing something. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. The disciples tried to shoo them away. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, the domain of the king of God, like a little child, will never enter it. And then he takes the little kids and he blesses them. This is a beautiful moment. And uh, I would say this, that, you know, how many of you guys, just by a show of hands, you used to be a child. Anybody? How many still are? You're just in the wrong room, right? It's funny, growing up, 
it, it can be a little disillusioning because when you grow up, you realize that some things aren't true and some things are more challenging than you imagined and some things just don't happen in 30 minutes with Nabisco commercials interlaced in between like a Disney show. And adults really like patterns. They really like consistency. I've known people that hate their job, but they love their pattern. You know, every Monday at you know, 8 o'clock, I'm in the car. I'm in the office by 9. I have lunch from 12 to 1. I'm you know, in the car again by 6. I'm back home by 7. And, and like that's, I don't like my job, but I like, I like that it's dependable, and I like the pattern of it. We like predictability. We like consistency. And I think the reason is because we've experienced things that are kind of scary, kind of disappointing, and we like to protect our hearts. Um, it's no wonder that the most common form of faith we've been talking for the last two weeks is, I believe in God. The most common faith statement in our nation, nine out of 10 Americans, do you believe in God? So yes, I believe in God. And it's no wonder that the number one most common statement of faith concerning God really has no sense of commitment to it either way. A person who says, I believe in God, is no more committed to God, and God is no more committed to them in that relationship than a person who doesn't believe in God most of the time. I believe there's a God, you know, but I don't know who he is. It's kind of the Bette Midler religion. He's from a distance, and he's watching over us, and you're the wind beneath my wings and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think the reason for that is that there's no expectation there can be no disappointment. And I, I'm not talking to people here tonight that haven't experienced disappointment. As a matter of fact, as soon as I said the word disappointment, the room got kind of quiet and kind of heavy because... I mean, not by a show of hands, but you prayed a prayer and it has not yet been answered. Or you prayed a prayer and it wasn't answered. What, what happens to our faith that begins childlike or childish or naive and all trusting so that by the time we get a, a certain age and a certain experience, it's not that anymore? There are things that happen in this world that shouldn't. There are some things we come across that are very difficult. There are some things that were never supposed to happen, but because of sin do. Um, there's wars, there's famine, there's sickness, there's betrayal, there's lying. And the older we get, the longer we have in this earth and the longer we have to experience these things and the less likely we are to trust this all-knowing God who somehow has it all together, including me. There's a question that was asked, and, and I'm going to give it to you in a second. If you know the answer, don't, don't shout it out because I think most of you won't, but some of you that are Paul Harvey fans, you may remember this was one of Paul Harvey's big ones. There's a question that was asked of kindergartners and was asked of college students. They went to Stanford University. They went to the seniors in a graduating class, and they asked this question, and they asked kindergartners this question. 80% of the kindergartners got it right, and only 17% of the Stanford seniors got it right. And this is the question. What's greater than God, more evil than the devil? The poor have it, the rich need it, and if you eat it, you'll die. Anybody ever heard this one before? Now, just, just think about that. What's, what's greater than God, more evil than the devil, the poor have it, the rich need it, and if you eat it, you'll die. When you ask a five-year-old, and I've done this, I've asked adults and I've asked children today, the children got it right and only one adult has gotten it right so far. Anybody know what it is? Yeah, it's nothing. What's greater than God? Nothing. What's worse than the devil? Nothing. The, the, the poor have nothing. The rich need nothing, and if you eat nothing, you'll die. The reason that children get this right is because you go to a child and you say, sweetie, what's bigger than God? What does a child say? Nothing. That's what they believe. There, there's something in that for us because Jesus tells us that we are supposed to grow up in our faith actually to be like a child. Children are not supposed to grow up in their faith to be like us. And I, I think it is important for parents and grandparents and great-grandparents to instill a sense of faith in children. But if you'll listen to a child 
teach you about God, you'll probably learn more than a PhD in theology. I shouldn't point at me. A PhD in theology. PhD stands for just piled higher and deeper if it's associated with my name, right? 80% of kindergartners get that question right, and only 70% of college graduating seniors get it right. Because by the time they've experienced just 18, 20 years of life, they've kind of said what's greater than God. They go, I don't know. What's worse than the devil? Beats me. We, we get jaded because of pain. And why is it that kids get this right? It's simply back to that statement where he says, I, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And then he takes children in his hands and he blesses them. I just want to say this to you. Please hear my heart. A piano person's coming up. Childlike faith is not childish. Believing like a child is not immature. You say, that's just naive. That's... You know, having trust like that. You, you should get wiser as you get older. And again, I'm not talking about being conned by every Nigerian oil princess that wants you to send her money on the Internet. I'm not talking about how to get rich quick by raising mink in your bathtub and your part-time. I'm not talking about believing which side of the aisle, you know, the hearings we're talking about today. I, we're not stupid. There is a truth. There is a life. There is a way. And there's other stuff that compares to it and tries to be like it, but it's not. I'm simply saying this tonight. If you were to say to me, Jim, I'm, I'm not a child. I, I'm in the battle of my life where I've been disappointed in losing battles in my life. I would just come back and say this. Um, I find children to be far more humble in what they don't know and being okay with it. Adults seem to want a lot more answers than kids do. If you tell a child, do we have children still in the room? We do have, okay. When, when Christmas morning comes around and Santa lands on the roof and comes down our chimney, and leaves presents and eats the cookies. You know what's funny about children when you tell them that story? They don't, they don't ask questions about the aerodynamics of bovine flight. They don't, they don't ask about how one man can, I mean, sure, he's obese, but a million cookies? I mean, he looked like Jabba the Hutt, right? How would he fit down a chimney? They don't ask questions like that. Why? Because the story itself just seems to stand in a heart that believes. As we get older, we're afraid of being conned. As we get older, we're afraid of being hurt because we've experienced some of these things. But I believe with all my heart, guys, that if I could give you something tonight to say, to get, kind of get you through life, kind of get you through other stuff, I'd just say this. You can fight God all you want, but it won't change him. You can love God all you want, and you can't wear him out. You can ask God all the questions you want, but my experience is sometimes he doesn't answer. And as our life kind of becomes these dots that don't seem to be connected to anything and don't seem to be related to anything. It's my experience that from time to time, God takes his finger and he connects these dots and they begin to form a picture that begins to make sense. And sometimes he doesn't. Uh, by a show of hands, being honest, how many guys still have dots that have not yet connected? I have no idea. I, I can make you some promises tonight, and that's simply this. If you'll trust God through those times, through those experiences, both good and bad, um, and watch him finish the drawing, watch him finish the dots, watch him connect things, you wait in an expectation of what's next instead of a fear of what's next. You wait in a hope instead of a hopelessness. You wait with your heart at rest instead of your heart constantly at Everything in you, everything in me would love it if everything in the Bible were true. We want it to be real. We want there to be a heaven. We want there to be miracles. 
We want God's love to be real. We want Jesus to have resurrected from the dead. And, and it isn't until we begin to ask the questions about the aerodynamics of bovine flight that we begin to learn it. Just What if we just said, like a child, I believe? You say, well, I want to believe, but I don't know. Well, I, I would say faith isn't about understanding. It never has been. It's about trusting someone you can't see. <laughs> it's about believing someone. It's about standing on the words that someone else wrote a long time ago and says that someone said. But my experience a thousand times a day is that my misunderstanding of what's happening does not affect who God truly is unless I let it. If I don't know why it happened, but I trust God anyway, there seems to be a grace. Does this make sense to you or no? There's a grace on my life when I trust God that's absent when I don't. When I was an alcoholic, when I was homeless, when I was a police officer, when I was a combat soldier, when I was eating out of garbage cans, when I was getting my heart broken, when I was breaking somebody else's heart, when I was trying to find my way, the things that I could trust God through were extraordinarily different than the things I didn't trust God through. So an older guy talking to people that don't know who Mork and Mindy even were. And those who remember because you were putting your grandchildren in bed when it was on. The only way to get through life is by trusting God. And I don't understand. It's not about understanding. Faith is believing, actually, when we don't understand. Peace that passes understanding comes from faith. Power that comes beyond measure comes from faith. And, and this last one, faith is just trusting the person regardless of the process. So my last question is this. How many of you guys like it when the pastor puts down the remote control? You know, the sermon's almost done. <laughs> Two chuckles. Thanks, Dave. Will you trust the person as you walk through the process like a child? Will you trust the person as you walk through the process like a child? My, uh, my dad had a conversation with me the other day. He's my stepdad, but he, he raised me. He's my dad. I call him my dad. And he says, I just don't know why I'm here anymore. Just about everybody I know, just about everything that I love is in another world and I'm still stuck here on oxygen. You know, why hasn't God done with me yet? And I just, well, I, don't, I don't know, but will you trust the person as you walk through the process like a child? A friend of mine's going through a, a serious health crisis right now. Why is this happening? Why hasn't God answered my prayer? I, 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 I wish I had answers to every question. I don't know, I just, the question I would ask you, if you're going through a health crisis, is will you trust the person as you walk through the process like a child? Marriages are falling apart from time to time, and the, the agony that a soul goes through. And what am I supposed to do now? So, I don't know. But if you'll trust the person of Jesus Christ as you walk through the process and let them connect the dots in time, I think you'll experience something that few of us ever get to that won't live by faith. My business is bad. My kids aren't coming home for Christmas this year. My spouse won't speak to me. My boss is a jerk. I'm so completely depressed, I, don't, I just don't want to wake up tomorrow morning. What do I do? Will you trust the person as you walk through the process like a child? I wish I had all the answers, and I wish you had all the answers. But literally, the best thing I can tell you tonight, here's my Christmas gift to all mankind. If you'll trust God like a little child, I believe he will get you through everything. Jesus, John the Baptist, 11 of the 12 apostles, died, um, if you will, having been murdered. 
but they literally died having been murdered in faith. Does that make any sense to you or no? Matthew lost his business when he followed Jesus. By faith, he lost his business. Peter, the fisherman, lost his business when he followed Jesus, and he did it by faith. Peter was crucified upside down by faith in Jesus. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're struggling with, I would just say to you, there's one way to get through it that's different from all the other ways, and that's by putting your trust in Jesus. Would you just bow your heads and I told Dean, I said, how long do you want me to preach tonight? She said, four minutes. I'm back there with like 70 kids, you know. So, Father, I pray that if there's anybody here tonight that these words would, would ring in their ears, perhaps begin to connect their dots. I ask that tonight would be the night that they would put their hand, their small, frail, childlike hand in your big, strong, wise hand. Maybe tonight you just need mercy from tonight you need a breakthrough from God or how do, how do I get from where I am to where God needs me to be wants me to be is inviting me to be I, I don't know but I know this unless you accept the kingdom of God as a child you can't have it you can't get there from intellect I'm not saying Christianity you have to be dumb I'm saying some things are beyond human understanding but that doesn't mean they're not true tonight if you need to put your hand in God's hand we're going to literally right now, in just a moment, we're going to raise a hand up to God. Eyes are closed, heads are bowed. This is a private moment, but it's an important one. You're going through something you don't understand, but tonight you're just telling God, I don't need to understand, I need to trust. And I want you to know with everything I am and everything I'm not, everything I know and everything I don't know, with everything I believe and everything I'm afraid is true, I'm putting my hand in your hand, and from this day forward, I am trusting you. If that's you, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. But I would ask you right now, just, just before God, if you would take your hand, if you would raise it as if you were taking his right now. Raise the hand. God, I'm holding on. I'm holding on to your hand. And I will not let go. If the wind blows, I'll hold tighter. If the storms come, I'll hold tighter. If it gets louder, it gets darker, it gets harder, I'll hold tighter. I do not know anything beyond Christ. I just know you, and so I trust you. Like a child would trust his father, I trust you to lead me through this to something that's on the other side of this. And I will not be afraid because you're with me. And you put your hands right back down again. Father, I pray for those that lifted their hands and those that lifted their hearts to you tonight, and I pray that you would give them this Christmas the faith of a child. You ask an adult, what do you want? And the adult goes, I don't know. You ask a child, what do you want? And they know 10 things. Let us know what we want and not be afraid to hope, to dream, and to trust. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Why don't you stand your feet tonight? Um, you can stay as long as you like, but my wife will kill you if it takes more than five minutes to get your kids. All right? So before you go, why don't you do this? Turn to two or three people and say, Merry Christmas, I'm glad you're here. Tell them, was that your kid? That's a good-looking kid and all that kind of stuff. Are you Marcus? Set, go. You are dismissed. God bless you. Go get them, guys. <laughs>